So today I'm here with the church lady, and we're going to be talking ecclesiology. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> no, That's no, great mm, Satan. <laughs> Sorry, that. <laughs> Did you watch church lady skits back in the day? Listen, my mom listens to these podcasts sometimes, yeah. and I don't want her knowing that I used to sneak up at night to watch Saturday Night Live when I was like 14. Oh man, well, she knows now. <laughs> church, she knows now. Church she don't call lady me up, was... Daniel. <laughs> church lady was awesome. She was great. Yeah. So I may this, or this may is not. This Dan turned out the way yeah. he is. He yeah. watched SNL yeah. at 14. Yeah. yeah. Downstairs at night at 1130 <laughs> where no one could see me watching, bad boy. watching how I was. So anyway, my name is Dan and I'm with Ben. We're the teaching pastors <laughs> of Life Fellowship in Charlotte, North Carolina. This is Life Talks. And today we are truly going to be talking ecclesiology. Yeah, we started a great conversation. I thought it was a great conversation. Did you think it was a great conversation? I'm sorry, I don't remember this conversation. <laughs> well, it was a couple of weeks ago, but we, we started talking I can't about what I had for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> we started talking about um, the, the nature of the church, the purpose of the church, the ordinances of the church. Oh yeah, you know we like, oh yeah, that was a good conversation. <laughs> so now we're kind of getting into you know that was kind of the grand idea of church, and now we're kind of filling in the gaps of. How people view church in certain parts of church that yeah. Are... So ecclesiology is a you know a ninety cent word that basically talks about the form and structure, the science yep. and art of yep. of the church structure itself. Yeah, you know everything from its leadership, its form, its function, and so forth. What mm-hmm. makes the church? Now today, Ben, you and I both know that there's. This you, you would think this would be kind of an easy topic, but it's not. Oh man, the electronic church, so to speak, has has kind of invaded our space. Wait, what do you mean by electronic church? Well, you know, I, I can I can I can sit on my my sofa on Sunday oh, morning in yeah, my pajamas yeah, yeah. with a bowl of Lucky Charms Is and that claim church? I've been to church. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I just recorded an intro video. We, Aaron, no, this is so weird. We just did with this, Josh, because about five years. We, all right, so let's back up some history. We, as an elder team, debated like five years ago, should we live stream our services? And there was a significant debate around that issue because Mm -hmm. the whole idea was we don't want people viewing the live stream as a kind of a a legitimate option. Like, should we go today or not? You know. Yeah. So so we we developed some some theological principles around the digital expression of our services. I don't I don't want to say church, but um, and one of the fundamental ideas was that our digital expression of the church service was a doorway, not a destination. I just got to tell you how much I hate the word expression. Why? Why? You know, you know that's that Orwellian double talk crap. Ooh, I just said, can I say <laughs> What? You go back and delete that. It's, it's Orwellian <laughs> double talk. It, no, we see that like, like, how was the church experience this morning? No. No, it's a service. But 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 no, no, I, you know, I understand you know why people are saying, saying that. Yeah, so they can feel better about sitting on their couch with a bowl of Lucky Charms, yeah. watching a service, and say, "Well, you know, the church has many expressions." Yeah, I. Yeah, am I, I just I, being an old fuddy? You are a little bit. Well, you're a little bit being an old fuddy. But fuddy-duddy I do daddy think lane. I think I do think your comment on the church experience phraseology because that has really taken root. That's kind of common now over the last yeah, 10, Yeah, we have multiple years. experiences or multiple experiences. expressions. And, uh. and the problem with that the, that language, which I completely agree with you, is that the word experience connotes my personal experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about us. And for us, and again, you'll always hear us say this, we talk about our church services. And Pastor Jason does an amazing job of saying it's. there's a reason why we call it we don't call it a gathering. We don't call it an experience. We call it a service because it's our service to God mm-hmm. that that Jesus is the center of our gathering. It's not my. It's not me in the room. Um, 
we don't we talk about that every Sunday that when you're here, it's not about your personal worship experience. Mm-hmm. It's really about the community of saints coming together for the common objective of worshiping Jesus and learning about him. Yep. And so yeah, I'm sorry to de- derail you, but I mean, well, no, I, think it's I, an I don't think delineation. You, you didn't derail us. I think it's actually a really good conversation because in all the things I had written down, I didn't even bring up the digital church issue. But I think it's important to talk about because there are people that think the the I'm going to say digital expression mm-hmm. of what we do is somehow a legitimate substitute, and it's not. It's not a worthy substitute because the church. Is has always meant why a, an assembly? It's a called out ones. It's it's the body of Christ. And as much as you want to make it into your own personal, you know, experience, that's just a perversion of what church yeah. is really all about. Yeah, and 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 of course, you know, when you say this, there's always those people who say, yeah, but what about the guy who's on hospice care? What are the guy who's well, of, you know, and, which, and yeah, of course, that's why we do it. Praise God. I mean, but if 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 you get up literally in the morning and say, you know, what? I think I'm just going to lay in today and watch it on, I think you should feel conviction about that. I do too, because it, it, it feels very self centered rather than rather than I may go to church today and 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 serve. I may go to church and encourage. I may go to church and meet somebody new. But no, it's, I'm a little tired this morning. <laughs> I got a call. So I'm just going to stay at home where it's convenient. I don't have to put on clothes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Again, going back to it, Josh and I record a video, a new intro video, because the old one's like five years old. Um, and so I record, and I, I gave three basic reasons why you would watch the services online. Number one, you're traveling. You're out of town, but you want to stay connected to the preaching series and what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, second option is you're sick. I mean, legitimately sick. Like if I if I go to church today, I would do harm to other people because I might get them sick. Or you're just not feeling well. And, and um, yeah, that's a completely legitimate option. I think the third option, why people might live stream, and I even think it's, it's an okay option, is people are trying to figure out, do I really like – the teaching of this church. And so many people will will, will explore a church by watching the services. I think that's a legitimate option. But honestly, you can do that all week long. You don't have to wait until true. That's you're exactly right about it. Cause everyone has their services on YouTube as well. If your child is ill and you're caring for your child. But but I think those are all legitimate options. What I don't think, as you mentioned, the legitimate option is, man, I stayed out late partying last night and I just don't feel like getting dressed this morning or, or or, I don't want to be late to my tea time. Yeah. Yeah, there, there, there are frivolous activities that, in some ways, we we minimize the gathering of the body of Christ, yeah. and that to me is a, is an issue that that we'll never compromise right. on. Right, and and there is something encouraging about the gathering of the body to hear other voices singing, to see in the lobby people chatting and sharing and praying yeah. with each yeah. other, and, and you know I'm sorry, kind of I'm sorry, not sorry, you know, for ranting, you know, as we began this episode, but. I, I think we just need to say church is important. I mean, yes. God established it. He said, you guys well, gather regularly. And if you're not, there's something yeah, wrong. It's, it's not just about the biblical instruction to gather regularly, right? We, we see that. Um, but it's also the nature of Jesus. To me, Jesus taking on human flesh, the incarnation of God, the son of God to humanity shows us that the incarnational presence is, it, it trumps the... Um, you know, the distance that's there. I, I just think there's something about the nature of Jesus that should call us to incarnate the mm-hmm. presence um, of God. And I think that's one of the reasons why we will never co- 
compromise this. We will never be a church that has an online campus. As long as you and I are are, are here, we're ne- and as the the team of elders we have, we have a fundamental conviction that um, there's no such thing as an online campus for our church. It's purely a doorway, and and, and don't stay stuck there. Uh, we I, we used to say this all the time when when COVID was kind of getting over. Dan, you were much better at this than I was. You were always saying for the first probably. 12 months, get your butts back into <laughs> church because you- I may have said it a little. Maybe you didn't then. say but, but you did make it very clear, I think, uh, for the most part, that this was a priority and you you really encourage our people to get back. And I think, yeah, it's, it's always a blessing when we gather, so. Yep. Well, from there, let's going back to our intentional, <laughs> our original intention of this broadcast- there, ecclesiology has multiple characteristics. Yep. Uh, so uh, start us through them. Yeah. So a couple things that in order for you to really understand the the theological nature of the church, the biggest, not the biggest one, but one of the big ones that has eschatological con- consequences is the difference between Israel and the church. So the whole idea is that there's a different, how you approach Israel and the church is really important. So there's three different ways that you can interpret the relationship between Israel and the church. The first is the church replaces Israel. What that means is all the promises and all the things that Israel had, God is done with Israel. He's Mm -hmm. completely done with them. And now all those promises to Israel are now the churches in a modified allegorical form. Um, that's what most people call replacement theology. Mm-hmm. I'm not an advocate of that. I don't think that's necessarily that. I don't think it's good. Um, there's also the idea that the church is completely separate from Israel. And this is where we find a lot of dispensational theology, this idea that um, God had a plan for Israel. There was a hiccup at some point during just Jesus' earthly ministry where Israel rejected Jesus and Jesus is like, all right, I'm going to make up my own group. And he, the time of the Gentiles, as Paul calls it. And what a dispensational will say is there's the giant parentheses of God called the church age. And when the church age is done, um, then God will restore the fullness of Israel towards the end times. Typically, they believe it's during the seven-year tribulation. And again, this is where this kind of theology has implications down the road to how we believe about end, end times. And then the the last viewpoint is that the church is spiritual Israel. So this is the idea that just because there is a national identity as an Israelite or national Israel, within national Israel, there is a true Israel, the spiritual Israel. And the church is merely a continuation of spiritual Israel. Um, and so that's why a lot of people... Um, covenant theologians will say, well, when did the church begin? From the very beginning, mm. you know, whereas we are, I'm somewhere in between spiritual Israel and it's not like, I'm not a full-fledged dispensational, but I was also not one of these guys that says, well, you know, the church began with Abraham. Like I, I just, I'm not there either. I think there's some, there's just some nuance to that. You, you answered my question before I ask it. What was it? <clears throat> no, I mean, where, where, where do you stand on that? Yeah. And, I think there's a, I, I there's a, there's some ideas about the church being spiritual Israel that I think are legitimate. For example, you see um, Paul talk about this in Galatians chapter six, 
when it talks about the Israel of God, you know, the whole nature of, of the church. Um, Ephesians 2, verses 12 to 13 um, is another passage. And in, in 1 Peter 2, uh, 4 talks about, I think that's a 4, could be a 9. I wrote down the passage. <laughs> you look it up and you let me know. But it's a quote of, it's a, it's a requoting of Exodus 19. This idea that there are, there are certain spiritual implications of the church that fulfill parts of the Old Testament calling of, of the God's people. I, I just, I'm not one of these guys that's, I'm not a dispensationalist. I don't believe in these hard, concrete distinctions between the church and Israel that they want to. Like, I don't believe in any future restoration of Israel in any way. I think the, church, the Israel will be, um, I don't believe in a rapture or anything like that. But I do believe, I also don't believe that the church, I believe the church began at Pentecost. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just say you don't believe in the rapture? Yeah, I don't believe in the rapture. Really at all? Well, the way that a dis- traditional dispensationalist would. Okay. I mean, I believe that Jesus is going to come back and that we will go up with him, right? Yeah. Talks about that. But you that. don't believe in the, like the pre-second coming, like the seven years. Like the second, message. like like there's a rapture, then there's a seven-year tribulation, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. then and yeah. then Jesus comes back. No, I don't believe that. That yeah. would make for an amazing book series. Like someone should write that. Like a really detailed starts with the rapture and yeah. then have a and bunch of tribulation it, they stuff. They could call it like left behind. Dude, <laughs> something that's, like that. Yeah. That's really that good. Sounds amazing. We, we, why don't we get on that? <laughs> we probably make lots of money and put out some really bad movies. <laughs> They're so bad. Oh well, my Well, because goodness. you and I, you and I were raised. Josh, first of all, time out. When you start talking about this, I'm like. <laughs> Please tell me that Josh is joking right no, now because yeah, I got I read I, got, I was homeschooled too I re- I, know, I read the Left Behind series I was a little nervous about Josh you know the thing about the Left Behind series by the time at the but toward the end of them they were so poorly written I was rooting for the Antichrist <laughs> I'm like please put these people out of their misery they're insufferable I cannot oh, believe that is now the funniest thing Dan Tim has LaHaye, ever said on this podcast Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins actually made Dan root for the Antichrist that's hilarious. <laughs> but I read every one of them. I actually pre-ordered the hardback versions because it was like popcorn. You know, you can't stop until you get that last nasty I kernel. think, okay, so I know we're going way off, way off topic right now. <laughs> had to be in the 90s. I think, how many books did they actually write? Oh, there's like, well, they had kids, ver- there's 20 some items. I know, but like, like the official, was there like 10 of them? Oh, there was more, than, more 10. than like 10. I just, I just got rid of mine. I had them for years. Did you really? Yeah. I read about the first five. They and then might I, be out on the used book. <laughs> this day, oh, no. I think about it. But, but after about five, I'm like, okay, this no, is getting. I read every one of them. <laughs> I, how, how far did they go? Did you oh, say there's w- more than 20? Uh, well, there's, within there's kids' the versions. But there's and... teens in the original series. Well, just, just the adult series. Like, I thought there was, like, maybe somewhere between 7 and 10. Oh, no. At some point, I stopped I reading them. Yeah, I'll have to go out and look. <laughs> I think they're out there. Did they, ever, did they ever have Choose Your Own Adventure? No. <laughs> you remember Choose Your Own Adventure books? No. Yes. Yeah. I must you, be too old. Yeah. Oh, the Choose Your Own Adventure yeah. books. I mean, you'd read, like, if you want to do this one, that you know, go turn to page 13. Oh, I love those. Oh, yeah. I just think yeah. those are like, you know, the, all the great options, but you know, I, that was, a, that was my bad attempt at a joke. But you but. know, his, <laughs> try again, Dan. <laughs> just, just keep throwing stuff out. Some of them will stick. Some of them don't. Um, it, it's interesting though, your own evolution in this. Um, oh yeah. Because you and I both grew up in the age oh, of millennial dispensation. Here's the thing. When people, when I tell people that they come to me like, oh, what you got? I'm like. Like no, parent, no, 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 listen, time out, time out, time out. I promise you this, that I could defend the 
dispensational premillennialism better than you can because I went to a seminary that taught it and I had to I had to be tested on it. So I could debate you for t- I could literally be in the other chair and debate the dispensational. Have Dwight Pentecost give you a call. <laughs> I've read all the Some dispensational the books. I literally could defend the, the I I know how to defend the argument. I just don't believe in the premise. It's horrible. It, I shouldn't say horrible. That makes it so it's, much more interesting. It's in, it's inconsistent hermeneutics from a dispensational standpoint. Th- that's the problem. And so I don't want to get into eschatology right now. I'm no, just saying- that's coming up. And, it's uh, coming up. That'll be fun to talk about because yeah. people love to argue about it. I, I was just really shocked. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm shocked that you read all the Left Behind series. <laughs> <You should laughs> I be thought like, you had. You should I be thought you had and appalled. <laughs> I thought you had better standards, Dan. <laughs> I'm just and teasing. I never read fiction, which is odd. I know. I never read fiction, yeah. but I read every. But they are very readable. I think Jerry Jenkins is a very good well, author. And I would. And just isn't say his right son now, the one who's who's involved the in cho- the Chosen? Yeah. yeah. And 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 uh, Liberty University, where I teach, also yeah. has a beautiful ice hockey, uh, ice hockey rink that Thanks was purchased to... with the largesse that <laughs> Tim LaHaye got from the from that series. It's, yeah. No it's, way. It's the LaHaye yeah. ice skating. So rink where are you in the whole Israel and God, or I, not Israel, Israel and the Church relationship? Yeah, the, and. Thanks for asking, because now you put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> Get I, ready to be du- judged. I'm, I I still lean um, dispensational premillennial just simply because I know that the yeah, best. Yeah, um, I, I certainly don't hold fast to it. I, I tell you, I get a lot of pressure from good people who are listening to this podcast right now, and I love you guys, but uh, they they want me to be uh, that first, that- uh, A millennial? No, uh, in terms of the eschatology, but ecclesiology, even that Israel is the church, or that um, the, 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 the church is- you know, some kind of avenue for the return of Christ and holiness oh, and yeah, governance. Yeah. And and I, I think there's a lot of overlap and mm-hmm. people will be upset with me for saying this, but there's a lot of overlap between that and Christian nationalism and, and, uh, Reformation, the- or uh, not Reformation, the- uh, kingdom theology yeah. and, and so forth. And I find all of that, um, somewhere between irritating and dangerous. And yeah, I, the reason I even bring up the church in Israel is because it does have implications. There's like, if you don't understand that, then things like church and state that we're going to dig into a little bit, church government, church membership, these are all things that are rooted in how you interpret the relationship that Israel has to the church. But also in in terms of the kingdom of God, is it spiritual or is it material? And I, I think that's also important thing yeah. for us to understand that. I mean, one of the reasons why Jesus was rejected because he was clearly speaking of a spiritual kingdom. Yes. And yes. as much as we would like to live in a world that's ruled by whatever, anything from a theocracy to an ecclesios- mm-hmm. ecclesiocracy, um, it's, it's, that's not God's design because right. we will screw it up every time. At least uh, not, not until Jesus returns. When Jesus returns, then, then all you have the theocracy. then you have yeah. the theocracy, but not until. But even then, then, there's going to be opposition. But that's the <laughs> again. But that's the issue is, if you believe that the church replaces Israel, then all of those Old Testament laws and 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 even the story is kind of like, well, we have a legitimate reason to go conquer the heathen. Yeah, and and, and so again, and it it, it rises to Christian Zionism, which. Basically puts Israel on an on an almost unaccountable pedestal. Yeah, 
And and again, I'm pro-Israel. I anti-Hamas, and I, you know, I don't want anybody to to say, oh well, he's gone woke or something. Um, I don't think anyone has ever said that <laughs> in in the history be, of mankind. Be surprised, I have MAGA friends. Okay? So, yeah, <laughs> but, but the, the the reality there's hold on. There's a difference between being being woke and logical. Those are two very different things. Sorry. Right, send your letters to B Rudolph at livecharlotte.com. Um, I don't even know what I was saying. Now. Just other than to say. That's why we were talking about this, because it is important to think through it. At the same time, we don't hold to these particular positions within the broader topics like mm-hmm. we do with the virgin birth. Oh, like totally. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah so. th- there, I think the biggest thing about the church is um, what we talked about the last episode. Th- those are the most important things. Do you, do you understand the the implications of the offices, the ordinances, and the purpose? Yeah. That's the most important thing. These These things are somewhat important because I believe the Bible does teach on them, but it doesn't mean your salvation's at risk here. I think these are the things that when we talk about the church and these issues in the next episode or so are things that probably determine what church you go to, right? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean whether you're in the body of Christ or not. So anyways. Well, so we got this to we got we list. got to digital church, and we got to list. <laughs> and we got to church in Israel. Yeah. So we covered two. Excellent. So, the, long, the longest introduction to an actual topic in <laughs> Life Talks history. So yeah. So we'll 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 throw a flag down here and come back and and finish this next yeah. episode. Uh, but you know we're, we we do want to get into what should you be looking for for healthy church governance? Mm-hmm. What I mean. How do you define church, mm-hmm. and and is it important uh, for us to attend? And if if you have an organized church, I hate that people. I don't go to an organized religion, uh, so because disorganized is so much better. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just I hate. Well, that goes back like to that. the whole personal experience thing. Yeah, it does. Obviously, somebody's speaking out of a wound usually. Yeah, typically. But, but yeah. you know, no man-made structure or no man-led structure is is ever going to be perfect and without controversy and so forth. They had it in the beginning of the church in, from Jerusalem. So, but, but it is important that we understand what the Bible says about it, what the Bible doesn't say about it. So we'll be, we'll be uh, looking at this uh, deeper in our next episode. As always, we appreciate the fact that you tune into us and listen to us, sometimes think out loud and ramble and, and, and goof around. But our idea in these podcasts is that it provokes you to think, mm. ask yourself, what do I believe? And more importantly, why do I believe it? Mm-hmm. So um, keep, keep your Bibles open, keep your minds open, and uh, let's, let the, let's be guided by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. And thanks once again for listening to us here at Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.